the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Week. Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G done right, by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You, M Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy. All right, welcome in hockey fans, anywhere that you may be joining us live tonight on the Podbean app. As always, just a little bit early. As I've been mentioning for the last couple of days now, we are going to do our shows uh, just a little bit early for you because we've got lots of hockey action going on. A professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas, the uh, hotel and casino, and the all-around great place to go for fun in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. The D is our partner. Scott Strandy joining you from... Guess where, folks? Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Uh, made my way back from uh, my two-week tour through, uh, let's see, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa. Uh, yeah, I, I, okay, I forgot. I, I can't even go that far. <laughs> it, was a, it was a whole bunch of fun, a whole bunch of great hockey. Saw the NCHC tournament, saw the uh, one day of the WCHA tournament. Saw some professional hockey, missed out on the Colorado Eagles and uh, the Henderson Silver Knights due to a COVID issue. Not with me, but uh, turned out to be a negative anyway. So, okay, so where do we start? Okay, tonight is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, which means we're talking professional hockey, which means the Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche, Arizona Coyotes. On the AHL side, it's the Henderson Silver Knights, the Colorado Eagles, and the Tucson Road Runners. Um, I got a special guest coming on tonight. Uh, somebody that knows an awful lot about Colorado hockey. Uh, Kate Shefty is going to join me from the uh, Colorado Springs Gazette, the Denver Gazette. Everything that is a Gazette in uh, Colorado is going to be my guest tonight. We're going to talk uh, the streaking uh, Colorado Avalanche. We're going to talk about the rivalries between Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota. And, uh, Arizona. We're going to talk a little AHL hockey. I'm going to test her knowledge on the Colorado Eagles. She doesn't know that yet, but uh, I will do that. And then, of course, we've got big news on the college side, so we have to talk about that too. Denver's streak of uh, getting into the NCAA tournament was broken last night when the selection committee chose not to put them in. Okay, that's another story that we'll get to later. And, of course, we have uh, talk about the uh, Colorado college tigers their new arena coming up and also they're looking for a new coach so we've got all kinds of stuff to talk to kate about uh when we bring her on here in just a few minutes in the meantime um i want to talk about what's happening in the nhl first because as i go down the honda west standings i see the vegas golden knights on top 43 points followed by the avalanche with 40 
Minnesota Wild tied with St. Louis with 37. Los Angeles with 32. Arizona, 31. San Jose, 26. And Anaheim rounding out the top eight in the Honda West, the only eight in the Honda West with 24 points. So um, when you talk about what's been happening, uh, there's really two teams in the West that are really pushing hard right now, and that's the Colorado Avalanche, who just completed a nine-game homestand going 7-1-1, one, and one, which is just unheard of. Their 10-game streak right now is at 8-1-1, one, and one, and they're getting set to face off with the Coyotes tonight and again on uh, tomorrow night. So no better time to have somebody like uh, Kate Jeffy on with us to, uh, to talk a little bit about that. Um, also, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, they're seven three and zero in their last ten, so that's nothing to uh, to sneeze about either. the The goal differential is what what really caught my eye when I look at the standings every day. And Vegas a plus twenty nine, but the Colorado Avalanche a plus thirty two. <laughs> that's that is just insane. But that tells you just how potent their offense is and how good uh, Philip Grubauer and now their new goaltender are playing. But um, the only other teams that I see that, that are challenging a, a goal differential like that is uh, Tampa Bay, the only other team, I say, with 42. Because even the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who lead the Scotia North, uh, are only a plus 24. So it's, it's some strange, strange goings on. But um, we're halfway through this shortened season, a little more than halfway for some teams, and some just getting to that halfway point. But... A lot of things happening, and I think that's the fun part of, uh, of being a uh, media outlet for hockey because uh, it just there's never a dull moment, right? There's always something going on. So I also want to talk just briefly about the uh, AHL right now before we bring our guest on uh, and talk about the teams out west because I saw the Henderson Silver Knights in a Matt May game yesterday, and uh, it was game number 15 for them. Listen to this, folks. This fr- new franchise in the AHL is 13-2-0 with 26 points through their first 15 games. That also is a uh, AHL record for a new franchise. So congratulations to uh, Manny Viveros and the uh, Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, they welcome back some fans this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, about 1,300 or so. Uh, they also introduced their new uh, mascot, Lucky. So uh, a lot of things to see and do, and and I told people yesterday when they asked me, I said, what was your your first thing that you noticed about fans being back? And I said, right when I walked through the doors at the Orleans, I could smell the concessions, and, and they smelled terrific. By the way, folks, so much so that I had to sit down for a cheeseburger and, uh, and Diet Coke uh, during the game as well. But let's quickly go through the standings, and then we'll get right to our guests. So... Um, Right now, we have uh, the Henderson Silver Knights on top of 26 points. And I'm going to go down the winning percentage or the yeah the winning percentages because that's what they are using right now to determine until they get all the teams closer together in games played. Uh, 867 winning percentage for Henderson. Uh, 21 points for the Bakersfield Condors, who are on a real roll as well. A 618 winning percentage. San Diego started hot, have cooled off a little bit. They're back to a 500 winning percentage. Uh, Colorado Eagles at 500. San Jose Barracuda, who uh, lost both games to the uh, the uh, Henderson Silver Knights this weekend, at 500 as well. And Tucson, the team that's been struggling recently, got off to a good start and now uh, at a 438 winning percentage. And, of course, the Ontario Reign are uh, number seven in the Pacific with a 368 winning percentage. So that's uh, the way things look for you. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to uh, hear from a couple of our partners, and we're going to come right back and bring on the sports reporter from the uh, Colorado Springs Gazette and the Denver Gazette. Kate Shefty is going to join me in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. 
are? You think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, not to know. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. Hold out. Hello. All right, and we are back. It is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Hotel in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. And I am pleased to welcome a very special guest to the show tonight, the uh, sports reporter from the uh, Colorado Springs Gazette and the Denver Gazette. Kate Shefty is with me. Kate, how are you? Great. How are you? Well, you sound good, so you must have found headphones, is all I can say. <laughs> Thank you for helping, <laughs> giving me a good reason to upgrade my headphone game. It was long overdue. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. I know you've been a very busy woman, as uh, as busy as I've been as well for uh, for not only college hockey, but uh, professional hockey. So if you don't mind, we're going to dabble into both tonight, because I know you've got some good insight on both. So uh, even though this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, is that fair? Absolutely. There's a, a lot going on, so I, I will try not to get everybody confused, but uh, very, very different situations between the teams I cover right now. Uh, the, the Avalanche are, uh, as you just said, flying high, just had an incredible homestand. They look like they're really putting it all together about at the midway point of the season, which is great timing. And Colorado College is, uh, is transitioning into quite the um, hectic offseason, let's call it that. Let's leave it at that because I'll get back to that in in just a little bit. But um, before we get going, I I mean, I've done some research on what you do, and I've seen your work this year as we added Colorado College, Denver, Air Force, and basically the entire state of Colorado in in, uh, college and professional hockey to our coverage area. So uh, I know you do great work, but tell everybody out there that's listening here in the Southwest uh, a little bit about you and how you got into covering sports and hockey in particular. Uh, Well, I am from the Raleigh area of North Carolina, and I was a Hurricanes kid. They uh, moved um, right, I guess they were probably, I was six when they came to the, I just dated myself, but I will, when they they arrived in the South from Hartford, and uh, it was, you know, what what an incredible first, you know, decade they had in the area, and I got very, very into hockey and decided, you know, I kind of want to just be around this forever. And if I could make a living doing it, that would be amazing. And that's kind of how I wound up where, where I am today. And I started at the, I've been at the Gazette for six years and I am covering college hockey for four. This is my first graduating senior class and uh, been covering the abs when I can for the last couple of years. And then this year have, have taken on kind of a bigger role um, Going, you know, going to all the games. I, I used to kind of slide in for the playoffs, which was fun, but now it's Avs all the time, man. <laughs> well, the Avs are certainly uh, deserving of the attention. There's no doubt about that. But um, I, when I kicked off the show, and just so you have a little background on what we do, uh, I started this six years ago because I knew Vegas was coming in, and I knew Arizona State was coming in with the program, and I figured. Um, they might not get well I knew Vegas would get coverage but I didn't think Arizona State would get the college coverage that they would re that they deserve let's put it that way Um, being as many sports as we have here in the limited time on TV and stuff so it's worked out really good to uh, to do that but professional hockey is where I've seen the big takeoff because uh, as you as you know Vegas has exploded they've added an AHL franchise in the Silver Knights Uh, they've put two let me see two double rinks and the another rink that'll be done here in about a year um so they keep adding and growing the game but tell us about colorado because a lot of our people here are just starting to touch on you know they know about the avs but tell us how the avs have grown hockey in colorado it's i you know i'm a lot of the guys at cc are and air force for that matter are uh colorado guys who grew up with the avalanche and you want to talk about a a great couple you know for introduction to a market they 
they came right here. They, you know, they, they came down from Quebec and won it immediately. So a lot of the guys grew up playing hockey because of the abs. And you see, you know, this kind of in both Carolina and Colorado, these, they, you know, these markets just grow and player, good players are coming out of here. It's, it used to be kind of everybody was coming in from Minnesota, but both teams that I cover have had a lot of their star players um, as former rough, uh, you know, Colorado Rough Riders and uh, coming up through the junior uh, program, uh, you know, there's there's still growth to be had. There's still a lot of very good players coming out of Minnesota, but it's it's definitely you can you can see the growth and you can see these these kind of first generation really good you know talents coming up through, and that's just a sign of a of a healthy pro minors like just a healthy hockey relationship because once. A hockey team has been around a while. The you know you just you see it kind of take root everywhere, and you can definitely see that in Colorado. And speaking of Vegas, isn't uh, isn't Air Force? Uh, uh, oh, he was just on loan, wasn't he? Billy Christopoulos, does that ring a bell? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Is he still yeah, he on was loan? just on loan, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah uh, he he was an Air Force goaltender uh, for mm-hmm. four years, and guess where he is from? Raleigh, North Carolina. So that's, <laughs> oh, it uh, all turns right back to uh, Raleigh, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> I can give me, give me, you know, I can six degrees anything back to North Carolina. It's it's a skill. But uh, awesome. yeah, if you, I guess, I guess uh, maybe, maybe he'll be back. I would love to, I would love to come back on, uh, come back and listen to the show and hear more about Billy Christopoulos. But we'll see. Okay, well that's fair enough. Um, it's funny because I grew up in Minnesota, but I've been in Arizona for for thirty years now, for the most part. And uh, when people, when people get me on the show, they go, how do you know so-and-so? And And it's always a Minnesota connection. (laughs) And I'm going like, I'm sorry, guys. It's just who I'm connected with right now. Anyway. um, So uh, last week, uh, or I've been on a two week road trip, right? I went to Denver last uh, two weeks ago, Sunday, and uh, I stayed in Fort Collins and I was hoping to see the silver Knights and the Eagles play. Unfortunately, that Monday night game got, postponed due to COVID protocol, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which uniquely was a positive test from Henderson, which turned out to be a false positive, but the game never happened. (laughs) So so then I went down to see the Avalanche on uh, Wednesday night. They were playing the Arizona Coyotes, and that was in the midst of this ridiculous run that they're on right now at 7-1-1 on a nine-game homestand. As I was coming through Sunday, I was listening to the game and I heard a question that you had asked uh, on the post game. And I was thinking, man, oh, man, how cool that must have been to be a part of history, because we're talking long history in hockey terms, aren't we? It's they really there was a definite period, especially in the first couple weeks of the season where they were finding their bearings. It wouldn't be an avalanche series of, or season of the last five years if they didn't have just insane injury issues and just like just honestly just I, just just the way that it, it hits them in waves is just it I I haven't I have never seen it before and I've been following this league in a long time like they just have been so unlucky as far as injuries but that certainly didn't help but they. It just kind of they they weren't the team that everybody thought they were going to be. Everybody thought they were just going to run over the the league, the West Division. They were the they were the Vegas favorites, and it, they it just took them a while. They had to kind of they had to kind of get a get a grip. I don't that's probably not really the phrase that I want to use there, but they they had to kind of settle in. And then when the next round of injuries hit, it wasn't as it you know the guys they called up from the Eagles were pretty good, and they Jacob McDonald is still with them, and he's doing a great job because Eric Johnson is still injured. And they just kind of then all of a sudden they the goals started going in and they have just been they have put it all together very recently and have looked very good doing it and they finally have consistent goaltending in Philip Grubauer you know his injuries have been a, a big issue for them huh. recently and he yeah. has played he has really really just you know this season you already talked about it but he has absolutely hit every expectation they had for him this year so far. Yeah, 100% on all of that. Um, you know, I think everybody knew uh, from watching the playoffs last year that Colorado had the the offense. I think the question was goaltending and, and not so much Grubauer, but the, who would be behind them. And uh, me being a University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldog alum, of course, I was cheering for, for Hunter Miska to get that spot. Uh, it looks like, from what I'm seeing right now, is that he may be headed backwards 
back to the Eagles, and uh, they got a new goaltender, so I don't want to steal the thunder. They have a new goaltender that arrived in a trade, and he's right here in my backyard. I'm going to see uh, – I don't know if I'll see him, but I'll see the team tomorrow as they, they uh, play a back-to-back against the Coyotes. So who just arrived on the uh, Avalanche roster? Uh, Jonas Johansson from the Buffalo Sabres. He got, you know, got out of Buffalo, which I'm sure he will not probably be the last that we'll see this year. But he, they, you know, Hunter Miska, he he did have stretches where he played very well. He usually started two of those games, one of which was, I believe, against the Coyotes. He had very good starts. And then just in the last seven or eight minutes, just kind of let in a couple goals he shouldn't have. And in one game, they barely won. That was the one against Arizona. And then in the other, they wound up losing in overtime. And then, you know, we were like, okay, well, his starts are fine, but his, you know, he just needs to finish. And then he goes in the other night and allows four first period goals, one of which was a penalty shot. And it's, you feel for him. He's, he's, he's young. He obviously has the chops. He, I mean, he came up through the NCHC, so he's, you know, got to be, got to be great. Right. And I love it. You brought and, it right back to the NCHC. Yeah. Good job. And um, uh, they, they owe me, they owe me a, something for that one. But anyway, uh, he, he, you know, he Michael, just, are you listening? <laughs> uh, he, you know, he, Benar has said, coach Jared Benar has kind of said, maybe he's just not quite ready. And that kind of seems to be the consensus and uh, you know, but he'll be along someday, but they have gone out and get, to get somebody else. So now it's a little, his path back is a little less clear cut. Um, uh, Johansson has been playing in the NHL this year. He was actually winless, I believe, but you know, Buffalo and uh, <laughs> that's happening right now. And he, he has, he's, he's very young himself. And as, as Gabriel Lindeskog uh, cleverly put it, he's a Swede, so he must be a great guy. Uh, we haven't seen him yet, but in, there's a good chance that he'll, st- I mean, they might just because he's so new here and with all Buffalo's COVID issues and there's, 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 there's some factors here. We might, there's a back to back tomorrow and Tuesday, the avalanche play, they, the coyotes, uh, we might not see him because they might stick Grubauer out there twice, but who knows? They might, they, we might see Johansson against uh, the coyotes tomorrow night and that would be his avalanche debut and, it just seemed like they wanted some options, which is fair because between Werner and Miska, you know, they're it just, and no, you know, no one has seen or heard from, at least among the media, no one has seen or heard from Pavel Francouz since the beginning of the season. So, you know, they just kind of needed to shore up that, right. that area and they did. So here, and here we are. Okay. Well, um, when you talk about a, a 56 game season and you're already 29 games played going into tonight, um, you don't have a lot of room for error. So that's one thing. But the other thing that's been very unique, or if I can use that term or just unique, I guess, is the fact that um, the teams are, are all playing within their own division. So you're seeing teams a lot like playoff series. And I just want to get your thoughts on that. After you saw them play back-to-back games against teams or maybe two games in three days against teams, have you noticed different styles of play from teams because of that? Or has it not really changed that much? I wouldn't say that I've necessarily observed that per se. I, they okay. have, it's, you know, that whether certainly they, you, you can show they can show up one night and then not the next or vice versa. That has absolutely happened, but it doesn't really seem like this is just, just, just such a high firepower, just, just like such a, it's not a, I want to call it an all-star team. It's not an all-star team, but it's just such a, such a, just a well put together team that, you know, they're good. They, even when they look bad, they still look pretty good. And it's even on their off nights, you know, they still give themselves the chance to win. So it's, I haven't seen any great differences in all these uh, tight, you know, close together games. The, one of the big differences is they, they don't have practice. They can't practice. The Avs yeah. play every other day, for the rest of the season because of their COVID shutdown. They play, if not every other day, every, like, if not, like, with a couple back-to-backs in there, they play pretty much every other day here on out. So any issues that you have, you don't really have time to sort them out in this season, which is very different, and you kind of feel for the teams that do have the issues. But so far, the Avalanche have kind of, you know, fixed it with the very limited amount of time they have. And a lot of players take off morning skates. They, you know, these optional practices, 
sometimes are not very well attended. Sometimes there's just maybe like 10 guys out there on the ice and you, know, you, you hope you don't have to work on any major issues because you certainly don't have time to do it this year. You know, and when I was there last, was it last Wednesday already? Yeah, last Wednesday, I guess. And they and I was at the morning skate. I commented that uh, the Coyotes threw out about 10 players, option, mm-hmm. optional, obviously. And they were looking at doing different little things. And uh, the Avalanche was almost a full roster, it looked like, out there working on things. So I'm guessing that's what's changed in the morning skates now is sometimes you have to try to work on something because you just mm-hmm. don't have time. Exactly. Okay, so um, we've hashed that over pretty well. Uh, with Colorado being here in Arizona, I know the talk in Arizona has been um, we have to use games against Colorado and Vegas as kind of our measuring stick to see where we are. Are we are we a contender or a pretender, if you'll pardon that expression? But um, have you seen any kind of rivalry buildup between um, Colorado and Vegas or Colorado and Arizona, or is it still the St. Louis's and Minnesota's that are the big rivals? It really did seem, especially with that Lake Tahoe game. And that, that was in the middle of four straight against Vegas. It did, yeah. you know, those teams got very well acquainted. There seemed to be a little bit of, you know, a little bit of back and forth, at least those teams seem to be getting very familiar with each other. And that was a heck of a series. They're both right at the top of the standings. I think those two teams in particular, they, they've kind of separated themselves in this division this year, and every game there is going to be pretty intense. And, I mean, I want to say that the, you know, the, the wild the rivalry is, is good and alive, and, and it is, but those last two games were rough. Did you catch either oh. of them? I, I did on the radio. I, I heard both of them on radio, and, and uh, you know, 5-1-6, nothing is – uh, a pretty good shellacking over two games. They just looked weary at the end of the whatever day that was, the afternoon game. They the wild just looked like they wanted to get the on a plane and get the heck out of here. And I, you know, who who could blame them? That was that was tough. But the yeah, the Avs are 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 catching fire, and all they've been able to do is keep pace with the Vegas Golden Knights because the Vegas Golden Knights have had had one five in a row. I didn't catch the final. Wait, did they? Yeah, they lost to the Kings. Yeah, they lost to the Kings yesterday. Yeah, so... uh, A little bit tighter. It is a little tighter. It's 43 points to 40 right now at the Golden Knights. And and both of them, ironically, have caught up to each other in games. So they both played 29. They're still uh, two games of hand over St. Louis, who's got 31, and Arizona's played 31. But um, when I talk about that, and I, I think about the rivalries and things, and I think about the talent, when I looked at that Avalanche roster, not only do they have a little bit older talent, but man, you have got some incredible defensemen. And I, I you know, both of us covering college hockey, we all know Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but tell us about Bo as well. You know, Bo Byram, he he was. Uh, were they going to keep him? Were they going to send him back to uh, to juniors? That was kind of the, one of the big, you know, especially with that the deadline moved up considerably this year. Um, it's uh, it was shortened due to the shortened season. You know, they, they had limited time to look at it, look at him and, and decide whether his entry-level contract kicked in. Uh, he was, you know, he was a big presence and kind of everyone was watching him and waiting to see what he would do. He's kind of settled in. He's, he, was, he's, he just came back from injury, but he is kind of, you don't really notice him as much right now, which is a good thing for a defenseman, especially for a young defenseman. Right. You know, you don't really want, you don't really want to be noticed that much because that's usually not a good thing, but He's not lighting the lamp. He's not, you know, he, he's not he's not ma- usually making Kale McCarr moves, which are very strictly <laughs> Kale McCarr. And he's not, he's not, you know, like twisting ankles out there usually, but other people's ankles, to be clear. But uh, he uh, is, you know, he's, he's just kind of settled into his role a little bit, which for a 19 year old is honestly very impressive. And uh, yeah, the Avalanche defense has, has true has been very impressive, especially late. They only uh, they 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 were down to Ryan Graves, Devon Taves, who's been an incredible pickup for them. Kind of a surprise to to you know everybody how well he has you know what a huge impact he's had just so quickly. Even uh, I think even Bednar kind of alluded to that a couple of days ago, if I remember correctly. And um, who was the last one? 
Oh, of course, Samuel Gerard. How how dare I? Yes. Uh, and <laughs> the three of them were kind of holding down the fort with some Eagles call ups for quite a while and doing it very capably. And without you know Bo Byram, Kel McCarr, Eric Johnson, like they still made, the defense was still giving up 15 shots a night. Like that is pretty incredible. And that's kind of why Grubauer, what has helped Grubauer put up the numbers that he has because with, you know, he's leads the league in shutouts. The defense has held strong, even though it's faced some pretty, you know, weird circumstances this year, I guess. But, uh, and that was, that was while, Bi- while Byram was missing, but he is back in the last couple of games. He has, he and McCarr have, you know, they showed a little bit of rust, but they're they're back and they're they both have looked they look both look pretty good in their last game. I thought. Yeah, I thought I thought so too. From what I uh, heard, mostly over the last couple of games, but um, I get a real good kick out of your radio guys because man, they're classic. When, when somebody scores, I, I like the all hail kale, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and all the different things that they have going on. But they're such a good show uh, in Colorado as well, and. As you know, covering the NCHC, I just came back from Grand Forks and the NCHC tournament up there, and um, I commented, actually did a little feature about the uh, show within the game at uh, the University of North Dakota because they make it an event, and uh, <laughs> and I think it's fun, especially in COVID times. And I talked about this earlier on earlier shows too, is that I'm so proud of hockey in general for being able to stay relevant and and come up with creative ways to get games in, whether it's a pod or, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, your thoughts on that, just the job that hockey in general has done to be able to keep playing games. I thought you were going to say my thoughts on the North Dakota game within the game, because I finally got my <laughs> shout out from Alex Heiner uh, during Casey's first round game. And I was thrilled. I was not shy about requesting that, unfortunately, but you know, it's the little things in life. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's this, it's this beautiful niche sport that I feel like people are just to keep discovering. And it's just, it's very, it's complicated. And it's, I, I, you're, you know, goodness knows, even my closest friends and family still don't understand it in spite of me trying to, you know, <laughs> hammer it home for, you know, right. more than a decade at this point. But when people, you know, keep discovering it and, you know, the fact that they've been able to keep the lights on during a global pandemic and, you know, but do, uh, I almost called it the pod. It wasn't the pod. It was the bubble, pu- bubble, yeah. NHL, the bubble, pod, yep. NCHC. Like, but both, you know, both went off and, you know, they, they were able to get through all of it for, for like, it's, they've taken it very seriously. I think they've kind of recognized that this is a good opportunity to, to grow the fan base. And it seems to be working. They, it, you know, I, it just seems like you just, it's kind of hard to keep your finger on the pulse using Twitter, but it just seems like everybody, you know, it's hockey fans. I'm sure you can, you know, and can speak to this. Hockey fans are just different. They're very passionate. They know a lot. It's, it's a sport that seems to be, it's not like a casual, much of a casual sport fan. You know, if you're in, you're in. And cause it takes, you know, a lot of, so it takes some focus, but it's just, it's worth it. And I think when people kind of discover it, they notice that, or, you know, you wind up in, you first of all, you wind up in this community, but then also you, once you appreciate it, it's, you know, it's, it's in your head, I think. But was that, was that the answer to your question? Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. I got that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I got the I got the opinion that you got, thought hockey a did a great job, there, like I did. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the funny part about this is, is my co-host, uh, my college shows on Sunday and Tuesday, uh, lives on Long Island, New York. He's an Arizona State alum, so there's kind of a tie in there. But um, he just loved the fact that there was hockey all the time this fall in the uh, in the bubble. And uh, we talk when we talk college hockey on Sunday and Tuesday, we talk about the fact that. Uh, we started a, a Sunday night show to be the reaction show. As mm-hmm. you know, most games are played Friday, Saturday. So we thought, hey, why not react on Sunday night? Oops. Well, the problem yeah. with that is that there's <laughs> games Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. It was, that was bananas. Weekends became a very, very, an even looser concept than they were during the beginning of COVID. It was you know, it was, they were, games were being pushed back, but they were doing everything they could to just get them played. And you know, the, 
the NHL has done a pretty admirable job of shuffling games. I mean, it's it's all fast and furious, but they, you know, they're get they're so far they've been getting them all in, even as teams continue to shut down. Uh, we got we had another one today, um, actually in the North Division, which was a little bit surprising, and yeah. uh, and um, was it Canadians? Who was the other team? Canadians Canucks. Right. I think so. I think yeah. you're right on that. And uh, and yeah, they've they've just kept you know just kept pushing them back down, and that's and the NCHC came two games away from finishing their entire slate. And guess who it was that didn't uh. that kept them from finishing <laughs> the entire thing? Well, you led me right to that. I, I, I before we get into the NCAA stuff because we can go another hour on that easy. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I want to ask you just a little bit about the AHL teams because. Um, it seems to me what I've seen over the last uh, decade or so is that um, AHL hockey a has gotten a lot better in its quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the teams have gotten uh, tighter, if you will. They've, they've gotten closer in proximity. So, you know, Arizona's got their team in Tucson, so what, 120 miles away. Um, Vegas now has a franchise that's within the same city. Um, Loveland and Denver are just a hop, skip, and a jump away from each other. So. Uh, when you see and hear about AHL hockey, um, what goes through your head? Well, I covered AHL hockey for a bit when I worked at the Charlotte Observer. So I most of my AHL experience is actually the Charlotte Checkers, and that was that was soon after they uh, they reformed. They or well, I guess not they reformed, but as an AHL team because they right. they yeah. and became the Hurricanes uh, uh, affiliate again. And um, just, you know, it was just great fun and great talent. And it has, you're right, it has just gotten a heck of a lot better. And it, you know, they, it, it is constant. It's like a, it's a, it's a, I, I kind of wonder how the fans sort of keep up because everybody is just constantly changing affiliations. <laughs> the right. checkers aren't even with the hurricanes anymore. Like I, I do wonder what it's like kind of being, it, it, even though I was living in the city where one of these teams was at one point, I still wonder how teams, you know, keep track and with all the call-ups and those are some devoted fans. That's all I got. Like if you can keep up with the changes in affiliation, everybody coming and going, the different kinds of contracts, amateur contracts, tryouts, you know, like if you can keep up with all that, that's that's kind of what I think of when I think of the AHL. It had, just that it's very very good and you know getting better, and also like those those the fans the fans that are die hard are die hard. Yeah, damn hell. Well, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about the Vegas side of it too, because that's something that I've just been captivated by over the last five or six years. But uh, when Henderson came in, um, they they branded Henderson as kind of the little brother to to uh, the Golden Knights, right? They became the Silver Knights. And they they did everything the same. Matter of fact, I, I just ran into the team president, Kerry Bubbles, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights the other day at a Henderson Silver Knights game, and they've got everything tied together. I mean, one works with the other. So I wonder if uh, that's going to be the future for the AHL is that they're going to try to be hand-in-hand or as close as they can with the NHL franchises. Your thoughts on that? No, I just thought today they were talking about a new coaching hire with the Eagles and, and, um, you know, Bednar had thoughts on it and he, you know, it's and the way, you know, they're just constantly getting scouting reports. They're constantly, you know, just keeping each other informed and that informs obviously who they call up and they're just, they're just in such tight communication. It really does seem like a very symbiotic relationship They're It's all, they're all one, you know, one big family at this point, it seems like. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, but I had to save time to get your opinions on college <laughs> hockey. The selection show went off with uh, without a hitch, <laughs> if I can say that yesterday. Uh, the teams that came out of it were interesting, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll finish up talking about uh, Mike Cavaland and that situation there because, um, you know, it's always hard to see a guy leave, but there's different things. I don't know if he was exactly just uh, – uh, the right fit for that, but you'll know that much better than me. So before we do that, let's talk about the 16 teams that are in the uh, the NCAA tournament. Your thoughts on who's in and who's out and how they're all paired up. I feel like you've got the stronger thoughts on that with all the Minnesota, <laughs> with all the Minnesota teams making it. That everybody must be 
Uh, must be very happy up there. Have you heard? Let, let, let me give you some insight here real quick. We were talking about this committee this year, not being able to really use pairwise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and your own Frank Saratori told us that. Uh, it was funny because when I had him on the show the first time, he said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the season like I just want to play 13 games to make sure I've got enough to qualify. Then we'll talk about the one loss, and then we'll talk about trying to win the Atlanta Hockey Tournament. So that was his theory, but we talked about, okay, there must be this committee group that's going to be in a smoke-filled room, and I suggested that maybe they go on a fish house in uh, on Lake of the Woods up in northern Minnesota, if your geography is pulling that in. Uh, anyway, uh, I suggested that, and we had a good joke with that all the way through uh, the build-up to it, but my co-host again out on Long Island said he wanted chaos. He said, just bring me chaos. That's all I want is chaos. Uh, so... Uh, lo and behold, as things started to play out and at the NCHC tournament, um, I'm sure you saw the, and heard the comments from David Carl after they beat Omaha. And uh, mm-hmm. he set off a firestorm on press row because he said he, he basically came out and said it's really you know difficult to end somebody's season when they beat Omaha. And everybody went crazy like, what? What are you talking about? Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, that didn't work out very no. well in Denver's favor, unfortunately. Denver yeah. missed the cut for the first time in a very long time. I believe it was 2008. And 12 years, I was told. That's, you know, what a, what a run, what a program. And going through a coaching change and still, you know, kind of maintaining that level is, is very, it was very impressive. But Omaha was the fourth NCHC team that made it, and they're headed to Loveland. No Colorado representatives in uh in our in our home uh division which is you know a little little sad for those of us that cover but that's okay and omaha you know omaha deserved it what a what a great you know they've been on the rise for a while and i got to see them a lot this year um i mean i'm not rooting for anybody but i will be very uh that would be bad i would i am very interested (laughs) to see i will definitely tune in for omaha i want to see how they do uh they you know just what a Tyler Weiss, an avalanche draft pick, uh, he really made CC. He has in his career, not even this, just this season, but also this season, has made CC's life harder. But uh, <laughs> yeah. he, 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 what a dynamic player! And they, you know, and Isaiah Seville, you know, he's that's that's just an extremely interesting team to me. They're going to be in, you know, in this state. I'll be I'll be watching them. That's what uh that's what I'll and you know we'll see we'll see what happens. But that's kind of one of my most interesting. Uh, plot lines for the uh, NCAA tournament personally. Well, you mentioned Minnesota. The first time in history that all five of their NCAA Division I teams have made the tournament at the same time. Um, I watched uh, WCHA semifinals on my way back home and uh, in Mankato, let's see, from what's that, Friday. (laughs) Trying to get everything (laughs) about me here. Anyway, so when I was there, I wanted to see for myself the difference between NCHC again and WCHA. I think I had a preconceived notion of what it was going to be like, and it was 100%. I mean, I thought Minnesota State was going to come out and just steamroll um, Northern, and they didn't. They were just lackadaisical and not not impressive. Uh, It cost them a number one seed, I think. I think Wisconsin got it because Minnesota State played so poorly in Mm -hmm. that semi. Um, But also... I wanted to see Bemidji State because I grew up 45 miles down the road to the west of Bemidji. And uh, I just didn't think all season long that they were that impressive. So mm-hmm. when they got in the tournament, especially after losing to Lake Superior State in the semifinals of the conference tournament, I just thought this this piece doesn't fit. Were there mm-hmm. other teams that you saw that, that you said, hey, I don't know if this team actually fits in the NCAA tournament? You know, not, not really, you know, and every time you, well, I always have to check myself every time I'm like, well, that's kind of weird, but okay. Like that's what everybody's probably thought about AIC a couple of years ago and look what, and then they were the Cinderella of the tournament and they're back by the way. But you know, it's, it's like, oh, they're, you know, the, they're going to be the tire mark on the number one seed, you know, behind the number one seed. And then they go ahead and, and upset. And I saw Air Force do it to St. Cloud State in I don't even remember what year that was anymore, but in the NCAA tournament, I saw that one yeah. in uh, in Sioux Falls, 
So it's, you know, there's nobody that I will ever look at and be like, oh, I don't know why they're here, because those teams are always the ones that make us look like fools, it seems like. It's, there, there's always, you know, not, maybe not always, but it seems like there's usually some crazy upset. Yeah. And you, you actually just mentioned Wisconsin. Can I tell you a really weird story? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. I have randomly been to Madison like three or four times, and one was for a friend's wedding, and I didn't think I was going to be able to go, but I actually kind of packaged the trip with the NCHC Media Day, which is in St. Paul, took a Greyhound bus to Madison, would not recommend that, by the way, and of all, <laughs> I, had to get, I had to get a last-second Airbnb because it was a very nice September weekend. <laughs> Everybody was getting married, and there was just nowhere to stay. And of all things, I got the like the, the last Airbnb I could find. It was two Wisconsin hockey players offering up their spare room. We watched preseason hockey together. It was delightful. I just couldn't believe that the, the universe just knew. They were like, you know what you need? More more college hockey. And it was fascinating. Exactly. It was so, I just couldn't believe that that came together like that. That's that was hilarious. very strange. I know. So weird. So I guess. You know, on Wisconsin, I, you know, they're, they're number one seed. I, you know, I have a personal connection to them now, so I will certainly not argue with that one. <laughs> well, and, and as a COVID year would be, right? I mean, St. Lawrence uh, gets into the tournament, and, and they fought their way into the tournament. Then we get all shocked yesterday, and we find out that they're out of the tournament because of a positive COVID test, and it's not even a player, it's a coach. I'm like, are you serious? Uh, you know, and you you live this being so close to Colorado College, and and I just I want to ask you this, see if you have any insight to it. But there was one, I believe, Colorado College player that tested positive before the pod. Is that correct? Yeah. From what you know, from what, from what okay. I know, yes. Okay, so I'm thinking, how how do you? And it's certainly not his fault, right? I mean, things like this in a pandemic happen, but. Goodness gracious, the mental toll that must take on you knowing that your teammates can't go that are fully healthy because you're the one that got COVID or tested positive. Um, did you ever think about that when oh, you yeah. were All talking to Colorado was, college players? I begged. I was like, please tell me it is not a freshman. Can you imagine having to live that oh, down for no. the entire – if it's a senior, you know – Right. Whatever you've paid your dues, you're you're important. Like you're, but like some poor freshman coming in there and then just – you know, not he, he, they went, they were, they were a week late, but they, they showed up. But like having to be the COVID guy for the rest of your career at CC would just be so unfortunate. But, you know, they, they had, they had shut down three times this year. One right before they, uh, the player tested, or at least they went into quarantine. I don't know the date he tested positive, but a week before the pod, which delayed their start. And then, you know, they flew commercial back from North Dakota and then had another positive test. Not saying that that's necessarily uh, where it came from, but point, you know, connecting the dots, it's certainly possible. And then they had another one that canceled out their last uh, series against Denver, canceling senior night, and then affected who could play in the postseason. So it was just a rough, rough season. And yeah, I do, I do worry about. <laughs> I would hate, hate, hate if that was me. And also, like, yeah, you, you cost some, you know, some, you cause this chaos, and then also you cause everybody to have to go into quarantine, which sounds like it was yeah. not a lot of fun for them. They had to quarantine right. at, a hotel, at a hotel the oh. first time, and it was, and it was two weeks, and it sounded, from what I, <laughs> it sounded like the bright light for them was uh, <laughs> football, NFL Sundays, and the rest of the time, it was just nothing. It was just sitting in the rooms, staring at the walls, doing Zoom meetings. And yeah, if you were the one that caused that, whew, I, would yeah, just be appall- I-, I would just be appalled. I'm Southern. I would be apologizing to everybody just 24-7. <laughs> I'd, I'd drive them crazy just apologizing every day. But <laughs> hopefully hopefully all is forgiven. Hopefully everybody knows that it's just it's a pandemic and weird stuff happens. And, you know, they might have been doing absolutely everything right and still got it because we all know somebody that that's happened to, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so so three things to to talk about on Colorado College here before we wrap things up. But mm-hmm. um, number one on the positive, that new building's coming up. I've been by it a few times now. Um, how important do you think that's going to be to help them recruit? And how important do you think it's going to be to their student fan base um, being right there on campus? Because, man, it is right in the heart of campus, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, the student section at the Broadmoor World Arena, which is – I don't know. It's about it's 
on game day. It's probably about a 10 to 15 minute drive from downtown Colorado Springs where CC is. You know, the student section, unless it's North Dakota or Denver, is pretty lacking. And now all they have to do is walk across the street. So one would hope that they'll get that student presence that they want that's kind of been missing uh, since they've been playing off campus uh, at the Bravo World Arena. But I do think it's going to have a, it, it, it is beautiful. I've toured it. It is, the, it is state of the art. It is very cool. And, you know, you've, in recruiting, it sounds like these days, you just have to stand out any way you can. And this is a really great way for them to do that. They're not, again, they're not in North Dakota. They're not in Minnesota Duluth. They don't have that kind of pull, but this is something. Oh, that nice job of bringing that in. <laughs> well, they, you know, they, they, they need kind of something right. to, to draw in guys. And all the guys that I've talked to that have been coming in have cited Robeson Arena as one of the reasons why they wanted to join this program. So I think it's a very good recruiting tool. And it's, it's just, uh, it's just going to be, it's much smaller than the world arena. And I think it's going to be one of my favorite. I haven't, okay. I don't, I have not traveled with the team very much. I have not, uh, I haven't been to too many, uh, you know, away barns. More, not as many as I wish I had. One of my favorites is Lawson Arena in at Western Michigan. I love that oh, right. stadium. Yeah. I think it's so cool. I love old. I love old stadiums, uh, and this one is going to have kind of more of that feel. It's going to be way fewer people, but it's going to be it's going to be smaller. It's going to be more intimate. It's going to be loud. I think it's going to be a great experience, and I think it will. It definitely it definitely could not hurt the program. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, another thing that, that I thought was really unique for Colorado College this year was at the NCHC tournament, uh, the whole first line missing because of yep. COVID protocol. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought the comments from Coach Mike Havlin at the time were, were really unique again because I don't know that I've ever heard this in my 45-plus years of, of covering hockey. But, oh, I think I know um, what it is. <laughs> yeah, it, he, when he said, I broke the game down into 12 five-minute periods. Oh, that actually or five-minute games. I thought oh, okay. you were going to well, mention um, a wounded dog hunts best. That line has, yeah, has haunted yeah. me ever since. <laughs> that was going to be coming up next, but I've never heard a college coach say, I told the guys, let's try to win 12 five-minute games within the game. Oh, wow. I just, I, it took me like 20 minutes, I think, just to clear the cobwebs from that. But what a great theory that he had to, uh, to try to take it into small chunks. And it, it almost worked. They played you know, very good for what they had. They threw everything but the kitchen sink. They just, I think they just had to do whatever they could to try and gain some kind of advantage here. And it does not sound exhausting. Like what a having to just rebuild <laughs> right. yourself every, but it, yes, it worked. They really seemed to kind of, even though St. Cloud State knew it was coming, you know, it still threw them in the first period. Like they, they were not used to not getting four checks. Uh, Brett Larson said that after the game he was like I like we it just took us a while to kind of wrap our heads around that a little bit (laughs) but they they you know it was uh they just needed a game plan you know with with what they had it was just the the strangest uh you know the the guys missing were just all the stars pretty much it was incredible just the list was just the just the people missing was just brutal like just especially for a lower (laughs) a far lower seed (sighs) And they, yeah, they, it was, it was a weird, fascinating, kind of exhausting game. And they, you know, when Haviland told us that a guy ralphed on the bench, I was not surprised for you. Yeah. <laughs> I would have. No, no, I was not surprised a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it likened a lot to uh, the small town hockey in, in at least Northern Minnesota that I can relate to where you, you wondered sometimes if you had enough kids enough bodies, we call them, to, to play the game. Um, and, and that's kind of what it seemed like. I, and I wonder if they had been able to pull that upset, what it would have been like for day two, which we'll never get to see. But, um, okay, so that, that leads me into Coach Haviland. Uh, I've had him on uh, once, I guess, and then I've talked to him several different times. But, um, A, were you shocked at the announcement? And, B, um, what, do you, what do you think of it? A, no. And B, I, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't really sure he was going to make it back this year. It was, I was a little bit surprised to hear that, honestly. It was, he, you know, there, there was definitely some progress made. There was one very good year that I covered them where they, you know, they were very senior heavy and they, it seemed like they were 
that they, you know, they were moving up and his plan was, was working. And at times it really did seem like it was. And then, but then they would just take a big step back. And then this year they took just an even larger one. Only four wins on the season was, you know, pretty bad. But, you know, they, CC, to their credit, gave Havlin a lot of, a lot of time to implement his vision and, you know, get all his recruits in there and see how it all worked. And, you know, the players have very, very good things to say about him, but it's, I guess, you know, it, it, it seemed this just kind of from observing and listening and everyone was a little surprised seven wins without an overall winning record, seven seasons, I'm sorry, without an overall winning record. It's a long time in college hockey. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a, that's a long, you know, kind of, kind of chance. And you've seen teams like Omaha that used to be not as good, you know, kind of, kind of in the bottom half of the NCHC kind of rise in the same time. So you see it can be done, even if you're not one of the, you know, the upper echelon big name teams that get all the very best recruits, you've seen them kind of, you know, ebb and flow and, NCC's had ebbs and flows, but they weren't, I don't think they were, you know, as high as they sh- as people, as anybody was hoping. And everybody has very high expectations for this team. They won national championships. They had Hobie, two Hobie Baker winners in this mm-hmm. century. And yep. they, you know, everyone I think just kind of expects more. And, but, you know, he got, he got a very long time and it, it at times it really, it truly did work, but it was, I was not, I kind of, I kind of, saw what was happening I was not terribly I mean we should have been on a Saturday night but you know that's, that's <laughs> <Right>. like, I, <laughs> I was not I mean that was the one surprise I guess but like getting that seeing that announcement you know it's always sad I've worked with him for for four years now but you know I wasn't I can't say that, that I wasn't sort of expecting it and then as far as thoughts I guess I just kind of gave them I don't know how much time you have but uh, it was <laughs> we got a few more minutes <laughs> okay um, you know, they can, they, they have it, they're opening a new arena and they get a chance to kind of get somebody in there who, you know, can, can kind of generate a little bit more excitement. I think kind of, I think the fan base had kind of had, you know, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but from what, again, from what I've seen, soured a little bit on Haviland. They can generate some buzz around the team. They can generate some excitement. It's kind of like a clean slate, new building, new coach, new captains. There was news right. on that, on that front today. And uh, which was a bit of a surprise. And, you know, I think the team is going to look very different. I think you're going to this extra year of eligibility is going to is going to cause some some drama. And it's <laughs> it's, it's just going to be it's a chance for to turn to kind of start to open a new chapter for Colorado College. And I think they they kind of went ahead with that. And and um, ha- I mean, Havlin's won a Stanley Cup. He's he has been very successful in the pros. Maybe he'll wind up back there again. I think if he wants you know, another job, I think one is certainly available to him. And, you know, it just, sometimes it just, it just doesn't come together and man, it's a tough league. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up on this one. Um, we talk about the new start, the fresh start. Uh, there's two colleges right now that I know of in NCAA division one, the, uh, incoming university of St. Thomas Tommy's looking for a head mm-hmm. coach. Now Colorado College looking for a head coach. Got any ideas on, on what a preference, what style, any names yet? Uh, I keep, you know, everybody keeps uh, mentioning me in Judding uh, tweets, <laughs> which his, you know, there's already a family member at CC. Maybe they sent yeah. him, they sent him early to uh, to, te- to test the waters to scout <laughs> it out. But uh, you know, it's they've got some good, they've got some alums that are coaching. I'm gonna put together a list here in the coming weeks of of maybe some, you know, it's such a huge pool. I might not pick a winner here, but I, you know, kind of want to throw out some names that would, you know, might make sense to them. And uh, you know, they when they um, when they transitioned to Havlin, they hired him in about a month. I read it after after Scott Owens left, so it might happen here pretty quickly. We'll see. And. But yeah, the the one name that uh that everyone keeps throwing at me is is uh is the the jutting uh, lineage. <laughs> that, that was the know, first name that came to my head. I yep. can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so when we talk uh, when we talk about college hockey coming up, I gotta have you back on on one of the college hockey shows to uh, to get more into this. But uh, that's what summers are for, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> and we gotta talk we gotta talk Air Force at some point. Barely even discussed. Got to get a territory shout out and a. Billy Kostopoulos shout out, but there's a lot to talk about there if you're interested. 
Oh, absolutely. And you're welcome anytime. But uh, I kind of want to just uh, wrap it up. And you touched on it. I tried to wrap it up three times, but there's just so much stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, so this one, this one is on the uh, the guys that will be coming back with the extra eligibility. At here at Arizona State, um, I think five seniors are playing another year, including Johnny Walker, who's uh, oh, yeah. the most I prolific know, goal oh, scorer we, right now. We know Johnny Walker. Yeah, I, I'm afraid you do. <laughs> anyway, so so he's coming back, but uh, how much of a mess do you think this is going to be for for the kids that? that maybe thought they were coming in and getting their scholarship now and have to wait a, a year. Or I talked to my ACHA coaches about it and I said, do you think there's going to be some kids that are out of junior eligibility that may go play ACHA hockey for a year in transition or how bizarre do you think that's going to be? You know, there's going to be probably guys that have to do that. I think this is a, personally, I think with, you know, a lot of CC guys are, you know, there's going to be probably a bit of turnover there. So I'm not sure that's going to be as big of an issue as I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. But, uh, you know, it, it could actually really help some guys. Like uh, CC's Brian Yoon, for instance, wound up staying. Uh, I'm sorry. I, my, I, those are all emails that you guys have heard. Those are, that's how many emails I get in, in 45 just, minutes. It brutal. says you're working. That's good. Um, I, I, I closed my computer. It's still happening. But um, the, you know, they, he stuck around in juniors for an extra year and it really helped him try, you know, kind of, kind of move over. I think this, it could actually, it, it could really put some guys in a bind, but it could really help some guys that are being kind of pressured to come in to help a team that doesn't, isn't going to need that help anymore. And they, you know, cause they've got a couple guys that are interested in hanging around and that way guys can stay back and kind of develop a little more. It'll help a lot with defensemen and goaltenders, particularly it's, it's, it's a, it's good and bad. This is so unprecedented. I really don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how many guys are going to elect to stay. Uh, it's kind of, it seems like if, if pro contract is in, is in the card, guys would kind of rather do that. But I mean, if Johnny Walker wants to hang around, who the heck is going to say no to that? And he, he is lethal. And, you know, it's, I, we're just going to have to see just this, this entire system is, you know, I've never, we've never seen it before. So we'll see how it, whether it creates this, backlog you know it'll really help teams like oh look i get my air force shout out after all it'll really help teams like air force <laughs> constantly seem to be kind of you know undermanned and they, right. they it's complicated with them they can't you know the extra eligibility is harder when you have military service to be, sure. to be fair but it's you know it might help teams like that who you know don't have the numbers you know the coach can kind of be like to his, you know his favorites just say you know hey you want you, know, you want to hang around and you know they they actually can and I'm sure the the, tra the uh, transfer portal is going to be popping uh, pretty soon here. And if anybody yeah, has it's already a, starting. <laughs> if anybody has a login they want to lend me, let me know. And uh, my 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 personal shout out. I'm kidding, but kind of not really. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a weird summer. We should you you heard my computer tone going all the time. Let's let's all leave our phones on and and you know we'll we'll see what happens here, right? Absolutely. Uh, Kate, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, your avalanche are right here in my backyard, so I will see them tomorrow night against the uh, the Arizona Coyotes. I know it's a big measuring stick for the Coyotes to see where they're at, and uh, Colorado just, of course, just wants to keep on winning because that's all they do is win, right? <laughs> and then I will be uh, headed my way up your way again. I'm going to be in Loveland for the regional, so uh, – Okay. We'll see what can happen up there. I mean, how could that be? Omaha, Minnesota, Minnesota State, Quinnipiac. I mean, you know, <laughs> can't be all bad, right? No, that's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. It's I like I said, I personally kind of wish a Colorado team was in it so that I could make a, a stronger push to go cover it. But it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a very very interesting uh, uh, buzzsaw in in the West out here in Loveland, and it's a, it's a lovely facility. Have you, uh, you've already been there? You know, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I haven't been in there. Oh, okay. Well, we'll <laughs> I was supposed to be time. in there a, a couple of weeks ago on a Monday, but oh, uh, yeah. as we all know, that didn't work. So I took some nice pictures outside, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It'll be uh, go it'll in be the a... doors now. Woo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Kate Jeffy, thanks for joining us from the uh, Colorado Springs Gazette, the Denver Gazette. Anything that's a Gazette in Colorado, we're just going to call you about hockey stuff, okay? Sounds great. Love it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was great. Thanks a lot. Uh, take care, be safe, and uh, we will get you back on to talk college hockey for sure because 
we got so much more to talk about. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Absolutely. Thank you. That was Kate Shefty, folks, from the uh, the Colorado Springs Gazette, the Denver Gazette. Everything that is hockey in Colorado, college and professional, she is the source. So we're going to take one more quick break. We're going to wrap it up with uh, the NH or the I'm sorry, the AHL stuff, and then we will uh, say good night as uh, we get closer to faceoff between the uh, Colorado Avalanche and the Minnesota uh, Minnesota, the Arizona <laughs> Coyotes tonight. Uh, we'll be back in two minutes. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. All right, we are back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Stranding joining you live from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight after a two-week road trip, which was... uh, a lot of hockey, a lot of fun, and a lot of driving. My back would argue that it was not the best thing for it. But uh, I am back home safe and sound until at least Friday when we will uh, get up to see some NCAA regional hockey in uh, beautiful Loveland, Colorado. Uh, my thank you tonight to uh, Kate Shefty from the Colorado Springs and Denver Gazettes for uh, joining us and talking hockey. And, folks, if you want to know hockey in Colorado – just, just plug into Kate for a minute because she has got everything uh, at all levels. Uh, I swear she must not sleep because there's no way that she could possibly get all of this information on. And uh, so consistently throughout the, her four years of covering college hockey there, but now doing the, uh, the avalanche coverage as well. So big thank you to Kate for coming on and joining us. We will say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro and ask everybody to join us tomorrow night for an exciting show of College Hockey Southwest Weekly, again at the special time, live, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We will be with you, Paul Hornstein and myself, and uh, we'll break down and maybe have some special guests to talk about what's going on, at least in the West Regional, uh, for the NCAA Tournament. Good night, everybody.